Hi, this is Joe Hashi with another episode of Synergy's Accidentally Fit Podcast, where we're talking about small habits and people integrating them into the real world, busy lives, family life, and all that, and still finding time to slowly progress towards becoming a healthier individual and living a longer and healthier life and enjoying a lot of things in life that perhaps you thought you couldn't do before. And today I am joined by Betsy from Endwell Family Physician. Betsy Welch is a family nurse practitioner, a little bit of background in nutrition before she switched over to nursing. She's an athlete as well. Uh, we were just talking hiking before we got on. And did you say triathlon or, or triathlete? I see the 13.1 behind you on the... Oh, yeah. That's all of our, our stickers up there. Yeah, I've done um, I've done a half Ironman as well. Half Ironman and a yep. fairly new mother at nine months, nine-month-old son, uh, Lachlan. So we were just bantering a little bit. But the, part of this interesting part of doing these are we assume that because I own fitness studios or because you work in a health field, the assumption is like, hey, things will come easy. And that's, uh, yeah, not always true when you're, you're always so busy. We're all in this kind of together. We have busy professions. We have busy family lives. And we're all trying to figure this out. It doesn't come that easy, but Betsy has three tips to help us stay on the uh, the straight and narrow. Would that would that be fair to say? I think so. Yeah, you know. Or does it go, come easy to you? I don't want to put words in your oh, mouth. <laughs> no. So that'll be that's one of my other tips. Um, and like you and Teresa were talking about with the last podcast, you know, giving yourself some grace and kind of setting some small goals. So I'll talk about that um, a little bit more with my my tips. Um, so the theme I wanted to go with was up an upward trajectory. It feels like over the past, gosh, it's almost 10, 11 months now that we've kind of just been kind of on a downward trajectory of the pandemic and just everything just kind of being up in the air. So I kind of wanted to go with the theme of up, kind of some upward, uh, some upward mobility here. So my first tip is to spice it up. So um, what I wanted to touch on was high blood pressure. So hypertension, which is high blood pressure, affects millions of people um, across the U.S. Um, and it can be pretty severe. You know, it can affect your blood vessels. It can affect your kidneys, your eyes, your heart. It can lead to strokes if it's not, you know, controlled. And it's, it's a pretty important thing. And it's very prevalent. I see so much in my practice, you know. Patients, either they already are on medications when I see them or I have to start them on medications. So it, it really affects a lot of people. Um, so when we talk about high blood pressure, there's a lot of different factors. Obviously, there's lifestyle management and you know starting an exercise program, getting that cardiovascular exercise um, part of the routine. Another part of it is medications, obviously. And the third part is diet. Um, like you were saying, I, I have somewhat of a nutrition background. It, I think it's my first love, really. I, I love being a nurse practitioner, but I love the nutrition side of things too. And I always try to incorporate that with my patients um, because it's not just throwing a pill at somebody. It's, okay, let's try and change things around to fit your lifestyle. Um, so when it comes to high blood pressure, it all it's all about salt. Watching your salt intake, greatly reducing the amount of salt you take in. Um, and that means choosing healthier foods. And healthier foods sometimes get a bad rap of not being super flavorful, like, you know, the fatty mac and cheese we want to eat that's laden with salt and flavor. But um, what you can do is spice things up. So instead of adding salt, add some other spices. Um, they can add flavor along with heat and make you not really think about adding so much salt. 
So I picked out three of my top favorite ones. Um, one of them is red chili flakes. So I have mine here. Um, I have a big, big container of it just because I go through so much. So uh, yeah, that's chili, the stuff that sits right next to the right? Parmesan cheese. Oh, exactly. <laughs> at, yeah, Italian restaurant when I'm getting my pizza. I'm just kidding. Oh yeah. Oh totally. Like I put this, <laughs> I put this on everything. Um, and it gives a lot of flavor, and there's no salt in it, and it gives some heat, but not you know you can add as much or as little as you need. I put this on meat, on soups, pretty much everything. Um, my other one is turmeric. So turmeric, it's got a beautiful color to it, like this orange yellowish hue, and it really can um, kind of liven up some other foods. Like I put this in my like my chicken noodle soup to give it some color, some flavor, um, and there's no salt in it. And then my other one is Italian seasoning. So Italian seasoning has oregano, basil, rosemary, thyme, um, sometimes a little red chili flake, depending on what you put in it. Um, so this is actually my own blend that I make. Um, so a little plug on myself, my little side business that I got going. So um, I started, it's called Betsy's Blends. You can see my little tag there. So I started um, just kind of on a whim. Um, we did spice blends for our wedding favors a couple years ago oh, and okay. it took off. My friends raved about them. So I kind of started a little business um, after I had the baby just to kind of give me a little something for myself, which I think is important as a, as a new mom, you got to find some time for yourself and something that you enjoy doing. So I started kind of concocting different recipes and um, some of mine do have salt in them, but the ratio of all the other spices to salt is so minimal, but it packs so much flavor. Um, so adding spice is really um, a great way of kind of limiting the salt and adding more flavor, you know, while still staying healthy too. Now I have two tough questions for you. Ooh, one okay. actually tough, one not so tough. I've I've heard a lot of in the when I started doing some running and uh, endurance type activities, or um, you know even consuming less food, that you do have to make sure you have some salt and minerals. Of course. And I think I just want to mention that because if we're coming from a perspective of uh, in a general American's diet, they probably have too much salt. If you've already been on the training bandwagon, there might be a spot for it. So I just want to mention that or let you let you speak more to it. I can't tell you how many runs I've done where I have been like crusty with salt crystals and just, you know, all of that. And I was like, wow, you definitely when you sweat, you release salt crystals. And that's why you can get a little crusty after a good workout. Um, but yes, yeah, salt is very important in um maintaining our blood pressure too. So people who have low blood pressure um, or people who are, you know, really into a training program who are sweating a lot, they still need that salt in there too. Um, but really, um, I, I, I really advocate for reading food labels, um, making sure that, you know, you kind of look at how much salt something has and looking at the serving sizes. A can of soup, you know, it's got 400 milligrams, like, oh, okay, but it's two serving sizes. So that's the other kind of part in it too, is making sure you have a good balance. That's kind of my philosophy on kind of health in general is a good balance. Um, so pretty much endurance athletes, we live on salt. Uh, when I was doing my half Ironman, I pretty much ate all the salty foods that I could, um, potato chips and, and all of that. And I, you know, had as much salt as I could possibly take in because I was sweating so much. So that's a good point. It's a very good point to make. And now I'm thinking a lot of spice questions because I've been down this road a little bit and 
certainly not an expert on it. So I'm glad you are on today, Betsy. Uh, are all salts created equal? I got table salt. I got the pink Himalayan fancy yeah. salt. I got the, my wife even found fancier salt somehow. You know, where was most expensive? She'll get it. So. Yeah, there's, there's flake salt. There's like lots sea of different salt. kinds. There's, yeah. yep. We have um, a garlic salt that we use um, that we got from Wegmans a while ago. Um, so basically salt is made up of two components, sodium and chloride. Um, that makes up, you know, all the type of salts we have. You have your kosher salt, you have your iodized salt, which has some iodine in it. That's your typical table salt. So they're pretty much, they all do the same thing. Um, just some are a little more fancier and more expensive than others. I usually have a couple of kinds um, in my pantry just because um, they can add a certain amount of um, almost um, like if I add it to like a dish where it's not um, cooked, it can add a little bit of a crunchy kind of a kind of a good punch of, of saltiness. Okay. Well, I appreciate you tackling that question yeah. because it's uh you know, you see them all up there. And I, I think some say they have more minerals. It's tough in the food world to differentiate between what's marketing to buy, get you to buy more and what's right. marketing with some, you know, right. marketing isn't bad, but uh, that's on point to what you need. It's like, you know, Swedish fish say low fat food on them to try right. to get you to buy more. Probably not something you want to be a health food nut over or if you're, you know, hammering a bunch of granola bars and you're not an uh, active person, it's, you know, they, they try to frame it as healthy. Yeah. So we, we try to decode this for people as best as possible. I completely agree. And I tell a lot of my patients, fat is not a complete enemy to us. Um, you know, there's always, obviously there's good fats and bad fats. And it's, you know, it's hard being um, in, you know, a busy practice trying to really help people um, and trying to kind of say, okay, this is the nutrition stuff you got to think about too. I try and cram as much as I can into my, my patient's brain, um, especially when they come in with high cholesterol or high blood pressure. But um, I'm a big fan of a lot of things in moderation. Um, if, I feel like if we deny ourselves a whole lot of stuff, we tend to fall off the bandwagon a little bit and overindulge. Um, but I think there's small little changes you can make by saying, okay, instead of adding a tablespoon of salt like this recipe calls for, I'll add maybe a teaspoon. So that's a third of the salt and add some chili flake or add some other spice, some garlic powder, onion powder, and you still get a good flavor from it. Last so. spice question. I, I do enjoy the salt. I do like the red pepper flakes. I am going to personally add some red pepper shaker to help to have it available. I don't know why I never, never do, because we do a lot of like chicken breasts and stuff and we use- That'd be perfect. A huge consumer of Frank's Red Hot, and yep. I think it's a similar effect with the, using the spice. My last question, in the fitness industry, we hear a lot about cinnamon because they're looking for, uh, I believe they say it helps regulate insulin. I don't know what the minimum effective dose is for that, if it's too much to actually consume or not. But do you have any recommendations on that? Because we do have a number of people who like to put it in like oatmeal uh, as a different different spice than uh, than something that provides heat. I love cinnamon. I use cinnamon on everything. I even give it to my my son. I you know make my own baby food and all of that because um, I don't have enough time as it is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I add a lot of cinnamon to a lot of things. Um, it's actually one of the I have a blend too that's a dessert blend, and it's mainly cinnamon. And I put that cinnamon rolls, oatmeal, um, any kind of cobbler or crisp things like that, and it adds some flavor that you can kind of 
take out a little bit of some of uh, that sugar too. But yeah, so cinnamon, um, you know, the, the other tough thing is, is a lot of the stuff isn't regulated by the FDA. So you can't really say, yep, this is the exact amount you need to help reduce your blood sugars. So it's great to have kind of in your toolbox for lowering your blood sugars down. Um, so, but yeah, I've heard the same thing. That's like um, turmeric is anti-inflammatory. Uh, a mm -hmm. lot of my patients take turmeric supplements. Um, the same with garlic. Garlic has an antibacterial kind of property to it as well. My so, son just walked um, in. <laughs> <laughs> it's a recording podcast, you know, is doing busy family stuff. Does yeah, like heard, a little tug I, on the ear. <laughs> I've heard, yes, I've definitely, maybe I glossed over it. Turmeric's probably the one that gets touted the most for health benefits. I just don't find myself using it a lot, <laughs> but I will use the red pepper and the cinnamon. And yeah, Definitely, definitely. And it's adding just, you know, a few spices, you know, and that can really kind of change, um, kind of your cooking repertoire too. One other thing I wanted to say too, is I use a lot of basting oil. Um, so this is a Wegmans, Wegmans uh, basting oil and it's, um, it's got some garlic and herbs, no salt in it. And that adds um, kind of a little bit of some flavor to roasted veggies. So I'll do like Brussels sprouts and butternut squash. And um, I'm not a super big fan. They're not my top favorite veggies that I like, but adding a little bit of some flavor and some little bit of some garlic and that oil and some spice makes it a lot more palatable too. It's a great point. And I, I don't think I consumed a vegetable until I was out of college. And then now I've been enjoying them. Of course, I'm one of those people that has an air fryer. So all, that's all I want to talk about. Like you run into yep. an air fryer person, they just want to talk air fryer. But yep. that's what got me more into veggies, like basting the asparagus or Brussels sprouts. Oh, like for you mentioned. sure. For sure. So. Um, I went through um when I was just had my son, you know, it's you're kind of in that delirious state for a good couple of months. And there was times I said to my husband, I'm like, did I have a vegetable today? He's like, I have no idea it is. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I completely get that. And that was an oh, amazing gosh. first one. Like if people could stop the podcast now, they shouldn't, but they can get enough <laughs> value out of this free podcast by just listening to that first tip. And I'm going to add some red pepper flakes myself, but let's move on Go to ahead. the second one. Do it. So my second tip is to, so we had spice it up. And the second tip is to show up. Um, working out is hard. So before I had my son, I was working out six or seven days a week. I ran a marathon when I was pregnant. Um, so I, I was very much like a go-getter athletic type of person. And then when I had my son, it kind of just poof, disappeared. And I had these wonderful delusions of grandeur that I was going to be, you know, working out as soon as I got the go ahead and that, yeah, not so much, but I think it's still important to show up and show up for yourself. Um, as a mom, it's so hard to find the time. We kind of throw ourselves, even as a parent in general, we kind of throw ourselves down at the low end of the totem pole and we say, okay, I'll get to my myself when, when I can. And you blink and months go by and you're like, wow, I haven't really done anything and I've gained weight or I haven't exercised or I'm not eating well. And I think the most important thing we can do for our families and for our kids is to show up for ourselves. Uh, and, you know, I think you and Teresa were talking about setting small goals. And I totally, I totally agree with that. And I'm on board with that. I even tell my patients 10 minutes a day can lead to, okay, I've done 10. Let me try 15 minutes. And doing that and increasing that frequency really is a great way to kind of show up and do kind of just small things that will turn into more of a habit. So, so I, I like that a lot because it, 
it, it is tricky as an, as anybody, a new parent, someone who was formerly fit, who then has a, a understandable step back when you start your family, but then expecting like to go back to right where you were. Set you back too. Yeah, or or just getting into it even and not even knowing what to expect. So coming at it from every perspective, just showing up and understanding that every day isn't going to be like winning the World Series. It's you show up. You have to find the value in in completing it and having that attendance goal. Uh, we try to set goals with the members, and at the beginning, it's really just hey, show up to to eight, ten, twelve workouts this month. Uh, choose yours, whatever fits for your lifestyle, and let's try to set that plan and stick with it. Our goal isn't to lose thirty pounds in the first ninety days. It's to let's start with the small habits, which we can actually track and be measurable with. Um, which is showing up. And I think that's a beautiful way of putting it, using your up theme. And uh, it, and I also like how you put it that it is the most valuable thing you can do for your family. And even though that sounds like you're being selfish, it's, it's truly not. And I'll give a business parallel that we see a lot of businesses, and I found myself doing it a lot at Synergy in my company, where you major in the minors. You get so busy with the day-to-day, like you want to feel busy because you feel like you're doing things, but being that busy doesn't really mean you're being productive. And you need to major in the major things in your life, which are having your family core values and vision and taking care of yourself and your family's health because, of course, you want the best for them. And in turn, you have to give your best self to them. You can't be always fried. Uh, you know, stepping out for an hour or two or finding some way to take care of yourself will give you a better home experience and, and, you know, more energy to give to the areas of life that you find valuable. Yep. I'm sorry if you hear my dog in the background. <laughs> I thought, no, I don't. I thought they were no. going to snooze. <laughs> Go ahead. Your dog's taking a midday nap. Must be nice. Oh my uh, gosh, if only. <laughs> what's your third one, Betsy? So my third one is to speak up. So, um, Mental health and physical health go hand in hand. Um, it's hard to move your body if your mind's not completely there and if you're not feeling it. Um, and I can attest to that. I had some pretty significant postpartum depression. Um, I feel like women don't talk about this and it's so frustrating, but there's such a taboo about it. And, you know, it's it's hard and it's, you know, it's it's important to kind of say, hey, I need help, or I'm, I'm feeling these feelings, um, especially in our present environment with the pandemic and so much of things changing, um, mental health kind of crises and mental health symptoms are on the rise. I've been seeing a lot of people that have been kind of maybe teetering on the edge, like just not feeling great, and then the pandemic hit, and then everything kind of just came up to a head. So, Speaking up for yourself and the way you're feeling is very important um, because really, if you can't have that motivation to move your body, then you're not going to get healthy. Um, and it can be kind of a vicious cycle, too, for a lot of people. So um, I think it's important to speak up about your feelings, whether it's talking to a spouse, a partner, a friend, your a family member, or your primary care provider. That's I, I, I see that a lot in my practice, and I think it's so important to be open about having those kind of hard conversations with people. Um, and and so I think that that's kind of the most, probably my top, my top tip is to make sure you speak up um, because a lot of people are feeling the same way, that's for sure. 
<laughs> oh yes, that's I can for sure. Test to that, and I do appreciate you mentioning that. When I saw on your list, I was excited to share it again. We did one with our uh, a member who was brave enough to get on and share her story about feeling such depression during the pandemic and uh, job loss and you know family stress, and it's just all at once. And she was by far not alone. We were taking care of over our, uh, you know 800 plus of our our members, and then uh, all the people that we reach on our newsletter through the podcast, or thousands of people in the area. And mental health was a top priority, far above the physical health. Like we use physical health as a vehicle to have them feel like they're part of a community, whether it's virtual, doing like virtual workouts, commenting on them, joking on them, like. Just being locked in their home as social creatures was so hard on oh, for sure. so many people. And I mean, I felt that way too, you know, when, you know, we basically stayed home from, you know, when I had my son in May was, we were home from till like September, we didn't really go anywhere and all the races that I'm usually going to were canceled. So it's, it, it could be very isolating, um, especially if you're a single person too that's it's hard when your your people are your community especially like my running friends they're my family and when i couldn't see them it really kind of changed how i kind of how i felt mentally too i i miss kind of just chit chatting with people because you can still get out those little frustrations about this that or the other thing with your friends and we didn't have that for such a long time thankfully you know a lot has changed with you know doing virtual stuff and um, still kind of seeing people at a distance. So I think that that's helping. Um, and I'm hoping that by the summertime, things will be hopefully getting back to somewhat normal. I would, I would love that <laughs> yes, <laughs> for my own sanity I, too. <laughs> uh, yes. And I, yes. And I, I want to reemphasize the, the speak up part of it that out of this whole pandemic, I've had, had a lot of small business friends, frustrations and all the drama out there. But the one thing I have been impressed with, without hesitation is the community that there are people that that do care and want to be there for you. And you, for sure. you gave a good list, Betsy, of um, right up to your, your primary care through um, your I'll friends, family, us. primary care. There's I'll there's somebody us. there that, that can help you just, uh, you know, even if it's like, hey, you just want to be a part of something, there are now things you can be a part of virtually to your comfort zone. You know, one of our philosophies are we're going to meet you where you're at. That's one of our core values at our company. So we will continue doing our virtual stuff through when people are more mentally able to return. It might be the end of this. It could be, you know, 2022 that we're still doing virtual workouts for people. And that's because they're, they're not ready to come back in and being thrown it thrown back in as, as was the isolating being thrown back in can cause stress because there's so much uh, negative news out there that you can, can become overwhelmed by it. So we just need to speak up and, and find something that fits for you and, and, and get the help you need. All right, Betsy, let's talk about where they can learn more about you because we're closing in on our half hour. And I, this has been one of my favorite podcasts. Well, that was quick. <laughs> rival, rival, or rivaling. I can't speak right now. Teresa's because she did such a wonderful job that the uh, the people at Animal Family coming in prepared with their notes ready to deliver. Teresa um, set the bar she, really high. So I was a little she nervous. Did. <laughs> she did. It was, uh, yeah, she did amazing. But so did you, Betsy. So let's, you. Uh, where can people learn more about you? So, um, EFP has a website. We have Instagram too. So we're on Insta. Um, and we have Facebook too. And then also plug in my own business, my little spice blends. Betsy's blends is also on Facebook. Um, I took a little bit of a break, but now I'm kind of back in action. 
Good. I'm going to order some, probably just the dessert one. But <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. You can put it on anything. It's really, really good. For my oats. So, Betsy, <laughs> thank you so much for your time. Make sure you check out Endwell Fam. Make sure you check out Betsy's Blends on Facebook. Did I get that right? Yep, I want to make sure yep. we have a lot of members who will be asking about it. So, I want to make sure I get it right. And if you're looking at our website, we'll make sure to put a link to it right around it. So Betsy, thank you so much. And just sit tight for a second. I'm going to do the closing, which is to thank all the listeners for hanging into another episode of Synergy's Accidentally Fit Podcast. Our goal is to give you some choices and some tips where you can apply them to your life. Don't try to do it all. Pick one or two and keep moving forward.